especially when you create music like me. I'm a solo artist, so I create by myself in a in my head or in a small room. And then you go to the studio, and then it's a bigger room with a few more people. But when you perform on stage, that's the cool part because it's kind of like scripting things out. Like, I expect this to happen. It's like when you write a it's, right. I don't know, it's no different than any writer, right? Like, you're, a comedian writes a joke. Uh, it's like I expect <laughs> I expect people to laugh at this part, so like pause for laughter. Uh, it's like write this, yeah, and they, they think don't that. laugh. It's like yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, cool when it comes together though, because you don't know, and it's like there's this one song called "Si Se Puede." Uh, this, we, we've listened to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song like I've always felt. I, I saw that transpiring a certain way, and it it literally did. All these oh, cool. kids, and, cool. What they're chatting and speaking and the energy and what they catch. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. So, once again, here we are. Christian Curve Leadership with Coach and Kimberly and Saul Paul, Austinite of the Year. Musician with a message. All that good stuff. So, Saul Paul, thanks for hanging out with us today. And you've already, we've already heard the, uh, the first part of your interview with Jack. So tell us a little bit about you know how you know how did you become Saul Paul two X TEDx speaker music mogul. That <laughs> was cool. Like I had a natural sound bed yeah, in there. Yeah. Right nice. There. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I love life. Yeah, man. I just appreciate life. I um. What's the question? I was too busy beatboxing. <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> I have decided for How the next. How did you become Saul Paul? <laughs> Tell us the whole story. I'm going Reggie Watts on all my interviews for the next six months. I've decided to entertain myself. So <laughs> that's I'm learning all the side effects. Like if you beatbox while people are talking, you might not hear what they said. Uh, <laughs> Saul Paul. Saul Paul. Uh, this is the first podcast where we've had that problem. I know yeah. it's shocking, but... <laughs> No one else has ever beatboxed while we were there, interviewing there, there. them. I thought that was awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty funny. down, I think actually. people will say, like... Uh, I wasn't listening to Ben, either. <laughs> people ask, uh, like, yeah, like, you're such an interactive performer and blah, 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 and, like, how? And I'm like, really, I'm entertaining myself. Uh, <laughs> that's why everybody thinks it's so cool. I'm like, I, I don't want to be bored. So uh, my audience is on board because I have to entertain myself. Uh, yeah, but my my... my Name, my story came from the same place. Well, my name came from my story of how I went from Saul to Paul. Um, often, uh, I transitioned. I, I went from f- four felonies to a 4.0. I went from wow. prison incarceration to college graduation. Um, and uh, people often, I don't know, people always call me Saul. I hate that. I have a skit about it on my album. I think you've heard the album, so you, yeah. you heard that skit. Yep, yep. It's not, we totally did. We listened to it on the way here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not Sean Paul, not Saul Paulo, not <laughs> South Park, not left-handed. Uh, it's Saul Paul. And that came from in the Bible, like the Apostle Paul. Uh, his name was his name was Paul. Um, right, he was an apostle. But before his name was Paul, it was Saul. When he was Saul, he did a lot of bad stuff. He met Jesus, had a spiritual conversion one day. His whole life changed. He went from Saul being a bad guy to Paul being a good guy, and I can relate to that. So uh, that's where my name came from, and those are um, like that's a short way. Like if I sum it up, it's just tragedy to triumph. Myself, I grew up um, in foster foster care as a youth because my mom died when I was three years old. Before my mom died, my dad left, um, but I had an awesome grandmother that rescued me from foster care and raised me as her own. 
Um, but she was old and I was young. She was slow. I was fast. <laughs> she was soft hearted and I was hard headed. And uh, she did the best she could, but yet I was, I mean, I was like a little Jack, like times 10. Uh, what are you saying, Saul Paul? <laughs> Got to brace myself. <laughs> no, uh, no it, was just, it was just me. Like, my grandmother was awesome, but I, I was I was raw. And so uh, she did the best she could. She did great, but I still just made bad choices. I grew up in a bad environment. Now, I make no excuses for um, for the choices that I made, but I do see how uh, culture and environment played a part. These are reasons why I do so much uh, so, social good uh, and community give back and community outreach because I realized that that could have made a difference if people would have spoke my language and uh, been a voice in my life at that time. But right. nobody was. Uh, the people that influenced me influenced me negatively. So by the time I was 17, I got arrested by the FBI. By the time I was 20, I was convicted. So go big or go home, right? <laughs> I know, you're like, I mean, yes. the small stuff. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. People don't get that. Like, like that's not even a joke. That was, like, really <laughs> the goal. Like, you know, yeah. And uh, I'll talk about that when I'm talking to these incar- incarcerated youth or youth that are in trouble. Oftentimes people have a – and you get it. It's kind of if you talk about leadership and talk about entrepreneurship, like a high-paid employee might not appreciate an entrepreneur that's on the come up because they're like – they, they don't really understand. It's like they even condescendingly look down like, yeah, oh, yeah like that's sure. not really working for you. And it's like it's not done yet. Like <laughs> I'm actually winning in my world uh, even though, you know, I'm working 80 hours a week to make the pay of 40 hours. Uh, but I have freedom. I have ownership. I have unlimited potential. But from the outside, somebody else might look down on that. But it's the same. Like I was – I noticed that like um, culture plays a big part for me. Go big or go home, right? Like, I used to make straight A's in school sometimes, and my grandmother would be proud of me. So she would uh, put my report card on the wall. My friends would come to my house, see my report card, and then they would make fun of me because they knew I, they figured out I was smart and I made straight A's. And my culture, that wasn't celebrated. So they made fun of me. Not deep. We all get made fun of for something. When I got arrested the first time, um, I went to this big school in Houston, a couple thousand students. Everybody saw me get handcuffed and arrested and go to jail. When I came back to school after going to jail for three days, nobody made fun of me. Everybody uh, lauded and applauded me. Hmm. So from the outside, nobody gets that. They're like, oh, that's messed up. And I'm like, I don't know if that's messed up. Like, everybody just showed me love. And so in my young mind, it was like, oh, I get it. If I get love for doing bad stuff, like, I'll get the most love if I become the best at being the worst. Hmm. Logical, but ill logical <laughs> illogic and so but see sure, i didn't have anybody sure. to say yeah i mean i see what i see the it's a short game <laughs> the thought process right there but mm-hmm. and instead it was like no i get it i'm gonna go big because mm-hmm. if i can like do the most then I'll, then I'll get the most and uh yeah it was short game i ran into a wall it took me uh i got arrested when i was 17 the first time it was a few years later a couple years later by the time i was 20 i was convicted of four felonies and sent into the texas state penitentiary and for me, that's when I realized that life is the sum total of the choices you make. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in prison because of any of my circumstances, uh, but it was my choices, which, you know, that leads into leadership again. That leads into entrepreneurship again. Uh, it's what's allowed me to become successful, right? Two TED Talks, also night of the year, all this other stuff. Because people are so, wow, you've done so much. And I'm just like, hey, I changed my choices. And I figured, you know, I changed my decision I changed my decision-making tree. As well, like, okay, I figured out what I valued, why I'm making these choices, and what my actual goal is. Um, And then also there's some natural personality traits that are in there, like 
I am not averse to risk taking. <laughs> That's paid off though, right? Like as a, as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, it's like most people are like, yeah, I don't know about that, and I'm like, yeah, I see the ROI though, like uh, the risk versus reward here. I see the return on the investment, and then when you uh, get strategic about it, then you can you can leverage those those risks. And um, it's been very cool because I got out of prison. Also, things that are very core to me have have, have been a key part of um, my success. So, like, right, not being averse to risk-taking, but also the fact that I was hard-headed and stubborn. So when people <laughs> did tell me what to do and it was good, like, uh, I didn't listen. Hmm. But after I went to prison and then I developed this vision, like, you know what, I want to go to college. I want to graduate. When I shared my vision with people, uh, all the naysayers, the haters, would uh, <laughs> proactively unsolicit <laughs> they would share their unsolicited advice like you can't do that right like don't know you can't succeed now like you have a criminal background you have like the scarlet letter on your back you mm-hmm. don't don't go that route but that same thing that got me in trouble being hard-headed mm-hmm. and stubborn the same thing that allowed me to be like ah i'm not gonna listen to you i'll be hard-headed and stubborn towards your negativity and i focused on my vision and i was able to um get out of prison, on parole, get accepted to the prestigious University of Texas at Austin, ultimately graduate with a 4.0 GPA. And by this time, I discovered, um, I developed a skill set of recognizing, like, set a goal, get a goal. And then I got to get back to that whole uh, go big or go home. Because then it was like... (laughs) Same strategy, just a different target. That that was it. So your story is not that different than a lot of um, our kids. We... Yeah, Kim and I used to teach in the inner city of Chicago. That's that's real feel right there. Yeah, real and so, deal, real feel. Yeah, it's it was no joke. You know, Not so, at all. Uh, you know your story, Cook County. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know resonates because that's the story of so many of our kids. You know, and mm-hmm. I say our kids because you know we were kind of surrogate parents to a lot of them, and we love even today. You know, we still love those actual kids. parents and, to one of them, <laughs> and actual parents to one of them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so uh, right now I know that some of my kids are listening. Without a doubt, you know, because they listen to all of our podcasts. And as it turns they're out. on the Facebook Live, too. They're yeah. popping up. Mm-hmm. So, hey ah. there. So, um, what's so, up, Sha? <laughs> so, from, for, for, for Coach and Mrs. Coach's kids, as, uh, as the kids like to call her, um, what would you say to them? Because, you know, some of my kids have, have, you know, they are three strikes, you know, in, and they are, they spent some time and they're still slanging on the corner, you know, and some of my kids, are the opposite of that. Some of my kids are excelling beyond my wildest dreams, you yeah. know? And so the potential is great. Yeah. So to, to both of my, to both sets of kids, what would you, what would you say? Because you've been there, you know? And so, uh, so, you know, to my kids who have come up from nothing, who are, mm. um, who are succeeding and are absolute success stories like Frost and Slammer and Hernandez and these, and these kids. and, you know, to some of my kids, like well, like Jeremiah, who you know who's been you know around the bend and might be back again. I don't know. I haven't talked to him for a while. So, what would you say to these kids? You guys would get along though, because Jeremiah's freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna swear, but you write kids' music, so I nah. felt like maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, the hood in me feels like y'all should stop saying names. I'm like, stop snitching. Right. I knew he, well, he would never go no, by that no, name. No. <laughs> so that's why I was like, "What?" And I thought, Jeremiah, "No one knows AKA him." AKA Jay Dog. I'll beep that out. No. <laughs> no. Beep. Yeah, you can, but uh, you can snitch on the good kid, uh, like the, the like success stories that we're proud of, though, right? 
Yeah, you, uh, you feel like you can't. That is funny. I like to joke. Like, there's so many um, <laughs> culture's a powerful thing. It's like mm-hmm. snitching. Those are issues, right? That's why so many crimes happen in the hood. And then it's like you should snitch on the bad person. Like, snitch is like this inherently negative word. And it's like, really? Like, I don't know. A bad person did something bad. And it's like, uh, let's bring them to justice. But it's like, no, nah, you can't do that. But that's some more of that ill logic. Um, but anyway, what I would like, to, what I would say, we can have a whole podcast about that. <laughs> we can have part two. Yeah. Well, no, I mean just like the code in certain areas where where you can't tell, you can't snitch, you can't talk to the cops, and the way that things cycle. I mean, it's true. And but at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I love being me. I was chilling, but I mean, I didn't know that y'all were so candid. Because what happens <laughs> is, what happens is, people like. So see, I like to talk about the culture. I talk about culture in general. And so, side note, people will often we could get on a on a, on, a, on a road to like people like to judge cultures, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but that's I don't know stuff. Crazy stuff is happening in the hot quote unquote Hollywood right now mm-hmm. because there was a culture, and all of a sudden, right. like I'm not even moved by all of the everything's that exposed because that's kind of sad. Like really, because this has been going on. That's why people are bringing up stuff from 30 years ago, 20 right. years ago, 10 years ago. Like right. the culture has existed. It's just now being exposed, but that, that, mm-hmm. but that belief system, the way people think, what's been okay, what people don't address, it's the same difference, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I, I, I really like to be an advocate for advocate for uh, uh, the culture I came from, because people will be like, yeah, like that's stupid, stop snitching. Yeah, I guess that's been the case in Hollywood, because like these yeah, these, sure. these pedophiles and predators yeah. have lived and operated forever. And um, but nobody was snitching, I guess, right? But no, that's just like a hood thing. So that's not really like a mainstream thing or ill logic. Like that's why I, I think put- you see that in like corporations too. Oh yeah. So it's definitely not just a hood thing or a Hollywood thing. Yeah. But, I mean, but, when people have power, they want you to shut your mouth. You know. Yeah, that, that's one of them. And then when you have politics as well. Oh yeah. We stay in a uh, corrupt world. Um, but I have a song on my album called "Be the Change." I'm about to go on a new tour uh, after Thanksgiving uh, to promote my new single, Be The Change. So I don't mind calling stuff out because at the end of the day, uh, my twist on Be The Change is, uh, this is what I believe. We all stay on the same planet, but we each live in our own world. Hmm. Make a difference in the world you live in. Because everybody likes to sit on the sideline and talk about what should happen, what should be, how that should have been handled. They should all over themselves, yeah. Right, and it's, it's like, yeah, I love that. right, they should all over themselves. I had to pause for a second, like, whoa, we have to beep that too. Oh, yeah, no, we don't yeah. actually beep anything. So. No, no, I know, but Apologies they should. I, I heard something, I heard something different. I was just like, but yeah, they should all over themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's, I like challenging people, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about what somebody else should have did. Like, you say in your world, you have a sphere of influence that you operate in. What are you doing to change the world you live in? Right. You be the change. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. So I'm talking to elementary school kids, and it's like, you're not the bully. You're just, a, you're just around when the person gets bullied. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, you should be the change. Right. So to transition <laughs> to when you talk about the kids that made it out the hood or uh, whatever, you know, adverse circumstances, and they become successful, that's just step one. Like, the hood mentality is really like, uh, go big or go home, right? So- it's great. Salute to you. Salute to whoever. If you were able to overcome extreme adversity in your life and you became successful, whatever success means, like you're gainfully employed, you didn't go to jail, you didn't get pregnant, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and now you're gainfully employed. Hooray, you got a job. 
Is that really balling? That's not big. That's like great. You did normal. Hmm. It's just sad that you came from an environment where normal is somehow applauded. Hmm. Uh, but if you're really doing it big, to do big is like now that you're straight, and this is talking to those students, right? Because if you're straight, meaning that if you're okay, then it's like the question is then who are you helping? See, I'm from the hood, right? It's like big money take big money. You could say, cool, I got the new J's. I got the new J's, too. I got them the day, I got them the, day they came out. The other person says, I got them the day before they came out because I got the plug, right? <laughs> My homegirl works at Foot Locker, so I was there before they came out. I win. Okay, we won a championship. I won two state championships. I win. Okay, I got money. I got more money. I win. So let's play the game then. Big bank take little bank. And it's like, great. Ooh, you saved yourself. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Are you really balling? So then how many lives are you actually impacting and changing? Mm-hmm. Because I, what I believe is that, great, you should be able to take care of yourself. Great. That's necessary. Just like when you're on a plane, right? Plane's going down. They're like, hey, put on your own um, gas. Put, put on your mask first, right, before you look out for the neighbor. Cool, look out for you. But after you got yours on, cool, help the other people in your row. Yeah. Help other people on the plane. Like, be a hero. And so I really had to push that because so many times people that come from my environment, uh, they set low goals for us. That's why uh, I do all the stuff that I do, and it's like, yeah, like I went from four felonies to a 4.0, and that's a big deal, like like supposedly based on all the newspaper articles and um, you know all the media and all the press and everything, like, wow. And I'm like, wow, because a little black boy from the ghetto did what he was supposed to do? Like, that wasn't hard. I'm I'm sorry. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. I, I went to UT twice. The first time I went to UT, I flunked out. I, went, I graduated high school, got an academic scholarship. I know I'm kind of swole, so people always think I played sports. <laughs> but even before I played sports, sadly, people assumed I played sports. When I didn't, have, I didn't look athletic at all. And it was like, no, like I got an academic scholarship. But I went to UT. All I did was smoke weed, party, and drink. I was a big man on campus, and UT was at the time the biggest campus in the United States, 50,000-plus students. It's still one of the top five or whatever, right? So I did everything I wasn't supposed to do, so uh, I made C's, D's, and F's. I flunked out. I lost my academic scholarship. I broke the law, so surprisingly, I went to prison. Okay, I quit breaking the law when I got out of prison, so I didn't go back to prison. Then I actually went to school and studied, and lo and behold, I made A's. That's right. crazy talk. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, this is this that's newsworthy. Whoa. It's newsworthy because it's like I have such a low expectation for the little black boy from the ghetto. Uh, but that's why I'm big on not allowing other people to set goals for me. And that's why I'm big on empowering other people, no matter where they come from. Like, like what is your capacity? Because people can judge from the outside what your capacity is, but uh, more than likely they'll be wrong. And then there are systems, and so they're not even judging off of you or your individuality. They're just judging off of the system and how they perceive you. And then the sad part that really breaks my heart is when students buy into it, mm-hmm. right? So uh, so that's what I would say to the ones that have overcame. It's like look in the mirror and say, maybe you're not there yet. You got to really get yourself set first, and that's cool. So get, take care of you first. Mm-hmm. But always let the goal be to be like, who else can you serve? How can you be a leader? How can you actually uh, impact your community? And for, th- and for those that are in the hood or in the trap uh, or in whatever adverse circumstance they're in, um, develop a vision. They don't realize how much they've allowed their culture to dictate their goals. Mm-hmm. Just like my culture said, oh, it's not a big deal if you make good grades. But if you break the law, then that's a big deal. If you get arrested by the school cop, pff, that's a joke. If you get arrested by the city cops, 
a little bit more prestige. If you get a state charge, hey, you're doing it for real now. Get arrested <laughs> by the Alphabet Boys, a governmental agency. That's like going to a D1 college. Like, whoa, like you just got a scholarship to Alabama. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was, but that's my culture telling me that. And when I receive that, then I operate by that rule set. And it takes true leaders. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I love I love sharing this stuff. It's funny, right? I'm in juvenile detention, uh, or prison. I'll ask a question. These questions they they translate. It's just the principles, right? So mm-hmm. I could talk to a room full of gangbangers, like mm-hmm. like all, on all three sides, right? Uh, Mexican mafia, Bloods, Crips, whatever. I'm talking to them, and I'm like, question: uh, What takes more nuts? What takes more heart to to live in a neighborhood that's all Crip? Like I don't know who your normal audience is, but right now, if they're not into this, like they're like, "What is? What just happened?" Uh, <laughs> Some of our audience is tracking exactly with. Nah, you. yeah, yeah, it's nah. all good. It's all good. I love it. I do mean regardless. Uh, <laughs> I graduated with a four point so um, I'm, I'm already I'm already secure. So I've already checked off the boxes. Like I'm an intelligent black man. I'm just speaking in the bonics, but uh, I'm giving you some practical life examples, right? So talk to a room full of uh, gangbangers and I ask them a question like, "What takes more heart?" To like to be a crip, crips wear blue, right? To wear blue in a crip neighborhood, or to wear red. And it's like to wear red because if everybody wears blue and you wear blue, that doesn't take heart. Okay. Like you're just doing what everybody's yeah. doing. Now if you wear red, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of brave. That's bold right there. Like that takes heart, but that's what it means to be a leader. When everybody's wearing blue, you wear red. It's not. A, it's, not it's really not about gangs. It's really about right. leadership. It's about going against the grain. It's about swimming upstream. It's about uh, being bold enough to be the individual that you were. And it's cool because I get to say it, but I'm on the other side. All the stuff that people care about, sadly. And, uh, like, yeah, I graduated college. I graduated with a 4.0. I did a couple TED Talks. Um I was on America's Got Talent. Uh, I performed at the on the West Lawn of the U.S. Capitol this May. I performed at the Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. Five Super Bowls. I used to be on parole. Now I have a passport. I'm, I went to France last summer, and I'm going back to Europe and uh, Germany this next summer. All the stuff that, you, that everybody wants to do, it's like, yeah, I do it. Uh, but I recognize what's significant. There's a difference between significance and success. And I'm really trying to encourage people to focus on success. And success, I wrote a book. It's called Dreaming 3D. It's available everywhere. Uh, mainly my website, SaulPaul.com. Commercial. <laughs> S-A-U-L-P-A-U-L dot com. But anyway, there's a chapter in my book where I say um, it's a shame. Like, we've all heard the proverbial, like, climb the ladder to success, like, climb the ladder of success, right? The proverbial ladder. And I'm like, my twist on that is, like, it would suck to climb the ladder to success only to find out that it's leaning against the wrong building. Oh. <laughs> and many times, that's why we need to set our own goals because we'll climb right. that ladder because, like, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I got to prison not because I was stupid, dumb. Uh, I got to prison because I was great at doing all the stuff they said I should do. Right. And it was like, whoa. But they didn't tell me the whole story. And so um, I'm a storyteller at the at the core. People just always try to figure it out. So you're an author or, I mean, or a musician or a speaker or an author, an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a storyteller. I do it through various media, various mediums and whatnot. But I'm just a storyteller, and my goal is to entertain, inspire, and empower. I love that. One of the things that you said um, kind of a little while back in the conversation is you were talking about leadership and also about what what is the story that people believe about potential. And so that really resonated with me because I feel like 
a lot of people when they so I went into I went we taught at Clemente High School, and so when it's a it's a hard harder school in Chicago. Um, I think it was like the fifth hardest the or third. something. We were third. We were third. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go big or go home. Right. Go big or go home. Um, there it is. <laughs> came from came from the like suburbs. Didn't know shit about anything really, and um, had all these big opinions about how I was going to come in and help. You know. And so I had a lot of, you know, a lot of educating to do that. Thankfully, I had some students really mentor me, mm. you know, like my first day of school. I'll still this girl, Jeannie, like saved my ass the first day of school because she was like, no, no, don't do that. You don't want to do that. You know, and I was like, why not? You know, <laughs> and so um, our, our students once like covered like two full whiteboards in the story of gangs in Chicago mm. for like two hours told us the entire story. Our students were brilliant, but they were told all the time that they weren't. And so I feel like the people who, it's not that no one was leading them and that mm-hmm. no one was investing in them. It's just that the people who are leading and investing in them, they had a very specific trajectory for their life. Yes. They had a very specific yes. story that exactly. they were telling them and inviting them into. And so, a lot of what we, like, by the time we were kind of, like, finding our bearings, we were feeling like, you know, our mission here is just to tell a different story and say, you know, you can choose that story, but there's this story, or there's this story, or there's this story. So at least, at the very least, take all that intelligence yes, and choose your story Man. instead of, like, well falling backwards into it. Well stated. You know, and so some people they they wanted to be successful at the story that they were already in. Yeah. And man, Sally. I mean, I still have students who offer to like help me out if I'm ever in trouble. <laughs> you know, like you don't yeah. want to mess with me, Saul Paul. Right. <laughs> but I'm familiar. You know, but uh, there we have students who said, you know, maybe I don't want this story. And so part of our job as teachers was to invest in a space to create a space for them to explore a different story connect them with because there's so many resources teachers are some of our country's um most unsung heroes well yeah i mean there's a whole podcast there yeah unsung (laughs) leaders and heroes but i think i think what you're saying is so important for teachers in terms of instead of inviting them from something that's go big into something that's oh right stay small yes like i wish i heard that right when language. i was starting like, teaching because i don't know if i was able to to tell a better story from that lens you know yeah that's the deal it's easy to to say perched and feel like no this is the story and it's like uh-huh. you have to put it in perspective like uh they're thinking big and you're like again trying to trying to sell them something small and though you yeah. understand these other nuances or like yeah but they don't see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a key part. I often like to share, um, like sometimes, you know, you tell a kid, inner city, at risk, urban, whatever it may be, right, where high school graduation isn't even a given. So then the goal becomes graduate. We just need to get you to graduate. You got to graduate. Right. And you think that's a noble goal. It sounds good, but cultural competency is key. And so you have to put that in perspective. What does that kid hear when you say that? Do they even hear, like, graduate? And what does that mean to them? Because what they might hear is uh, work at Walmart. But it's like, right. wow. Because my, then sister, then my sister graduated. Mm-hmm. You know what she does? She works at Walmart. You know what I do on the weekend? I'm a babysitter. 
Cause she graduated. She, I'm a, I'm an uncle. I'm a niece. I'm a, uh, I'm a aunt. And uh, I basically take care of my nephew over the weekend because she works and then she goes out. And they're like, that's my future if I graduate. Because you're not selling me a big dream. Right. Versus like, uh, I don't want that. Well, I might as well live, you know what I'm saying, live fast and perhaps die young uh, and get it in because I already see what the future holds. Versus I like one thing that I like to do is uh, share. You know, I grew up in Texas. I'm about to go. I'm going on tour. Like I said, in two weeks I go on tour. And I go to D.C. and New York and Baltimore and Philly. And I just posted on Facebook, like, yeah, I'm going on tour. So I was like, that's cool. I was like, yeah, I might see some snow, which is cool to me. It's right. great to be able to go <laughs> and see some snow and then come back home and put shorts back on, like, yep. in December. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> Especially Chicago. Chicago, dude. I was, Man, it's cool to us to that's not have That's a different blog <laughs> right there. Like, I, I, I used to always tell people, like, book me in December. I want to come in December. And they're like, no, bro, bro, you don't want to come here from, like, November <laughs> To March. I mean, it'll be cold in April or May still, but you don't want to come to those months. I'm like, yes, I do. And I came and I was like, I see what you meant. Like, But uh, I often talk to and a kid. And then it might not even be snowy. It's just freaking cold. And yeah. Like slushy and icy and gray. That's it, yeah. Dirty snow Sorry is about one that, of the most Paul. unattractive things. Right? Just like black slush. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to sell a vision, like big dreams, like to care, because I feel like. Maybe there's some teachers listed or mentors or people that care. And they're like, man, how do I motivate? Because I'm trying to work with them. And it's like, instead, you want a kid to go to college, right? Because what they're really trying to say is, hey, graduate. Then we can talk about you going to college. And then we'll figure out some small, slow plan again. I talked to a kid from Texas, and I'm like, how many of y'all would like to live on the beach? Hands go up, (laughs) right? right? I'm like, "Uh, okay, so like, where are some places they have beaches at? And they're like, California, Miami. I'm like, okay, so they have beaches in Miami? Uh, do they have like colleges or universities in Miami? And then they're like, University of Miami. I'm like, ah, who knows? Maybe that's why you should go to college so you can live on the beach. Right? Or like, who likes snow? Like, who's getting sick? Who's sick of wearing shorts on Christmas? They raise hands. I'm like, who would like to see snow? Okay, where does this snow at? New York. Do they have like colleges or like universities in New York? I think they got one called NYU. What's that stuff for? New York University. Maybe that's where you go to co- Now it's like thinking different. Like, right. oh, that's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll go to Hawaii. I mean, like you could pick a college based off of just geographic location, if the motive was. But that's also that goes back to marketing, right? And entrepreneurship okay. and leadership. Well, not leadership, but entrepreneurship and marketing, because it's we all operate on We FM, W I I F M, right? What's in it for me? There it is. <laughs> like a true entrepreneur, most people they don't know what that means. Stole his thunder. Sorry, no, my bad. I was too busy complimenting you. People uh, never get that. I'm, I'm in a school. I'm in a school, and I'm asking that, and I'm like, have y'all heard of WeFM? And they're like, no. You hang around entrepreneurs, and they're like, dude, life is WeFM. I'm always trying to figure out how to push Everyone's the Everyone's favorite radio station, WIIFM. <laughs> there it is. And it's like, what if we could broadcast the students on that? Instead yeah. of, like, broadcast. But they're listening to, like, high-powered FM stations, and we're on some AM low-power talk radio. And it's like, dude, they're not listening. That's it. So, <laughs> and it's cool to see when they have aha moments because kids go from the worst to 180 degree. Just I never thought about it like that, right. and then totally invest their energies differently. So, on the leadership side of and on the leadership side, what does good leadership look like to you? What is that? What are some qualities of things like when you when you see someone in action? You're like that's a leader. That's someone we can emulate. Uh, servant leadership. 
those that are right there, um, like leading by example, um, I believe clear vision, being able to provide uh, the steps and the systems that are necessary to bring that vision to manifest. People always, you know, people say, oh, people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. People want to be a part of a winning team. And it's like, I believe if you're a leader and you were the one that was responsible for it and if you can create the positive results and lead others to those same results, then that's good leadership. Right on, right on. So how are you doing that kind of leadership through your music? You were telling us a story before we started about some work you've been doing in a school. So I don't know if you'd like to share that story, but like I'd love for you to connect your music to that picture of leadership and the way that you're trying to change the story for students. Um, well, I really do it first in my business. Um, and so I get to work with uh, Bianca Neal. Cracking her nails on. <laughs> Cracking her nails, there it is. Who's here behind <laughs> the curtain? That's, behind the scenes. In the office, we call her Geppetto. <laughs> she just pulls I the strings. Like it. Yeah, there it is, yeah. Yeah, we call her Geppetto. But uh, myself, I, st- I had a vision. It was to change, the, to entertain, inspire, and empower. I want to change the world. My platform is uh, music. That's my primary uh, gift and, and platform and whatnot. But what I saw, saw was that I needed to build a business around this so that I could do it on my terms and amplify it as much as I wanted to. And so I've seen it uh, by being able to, uh, I know, build a company. Like, I really didn't see it that way. Like, I'm just a solo artist. And it was like, cool, I'll sing songs, I'll rap, and I'll uh, touch people through my music. But then I saw that there were glass ceilings everywhere. There were these uh, sure. invisible boxes, and there were limitations. And I saw that there were bottlenecks. And no matter what I was doing, that if I was dependent upon systems that were set up um, that probably didn't have my uh, best interest in mind, didn't have the same motive, same mission, that it was uh, not as effective. And so I realized that as an entrepreneur, I could create my own business, and then everyone, I could take the limits off. There were no limitations. And then I started to see how to um, uh, replicate myself, duplicate myself. But I do that not through the people that, like, not through the, on the forward-facing, but, like, internally. As I get to recruit people that have a have the same passion, have the same diligence, that are teachable, that have that fervor, that want to see lives changed. And then we um, create uh, things where we can impact lives. And then that leads to, uh, like, this artist residency that I'm currently um, having at a, at, a, at a local elementary school. Very, very cool because, you know, when I create music, I create music. I, I did an interview yesterday, and one of the questions was, like, how do you create, like, what are, f- give us an, some advice. Where can parents find music for children that's not lame? I was like, literally the question. And I, I know, right? I was like, that's cool because the wheels of the bus can only go around and around oh so long. Uh, but we, I was, we really haven't gone there with Jack, and I feel like he's somewhat deprived, but I just can't but do we're it. we're not. <laughs> like, what's in it with, for me with that song? It's competent. They're like, yeah. like no, like, we're going to give you real world. You're like, right. <laughs> the wheels of the bus, yeah. Don't worry about a bus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ride plenty of them on the way to school. That's exactly. All. That's all you got to know about the bus. Exactly. Uh, so it's so cool. So when I make music, I focus on music. Um, there's... You know, um, and then it's cool to be able to take music that I just create for the sake of making good music and then overlay it with uh, curriculum uh, and things like social and emotional learning, mm-hmm. things that fit 
into a school system. And so, like, what we've done, it was so cool. I was able to create. I wrote my album. Uh, I performed my album. But through this artist residency, a team of other individuals outside of me and pretty much all of them non-musical were able to deconstruct the music, uh, <laughs> highlight the points, like, give those nuggets, like, stuff that I'm talking about through, through this interview because I rap like I talk. Right. Side note. Uh, y'all know who DMX is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know who DMX is. The coolest thing in the world to I me mean, before I ever did music was hearing DMX. Because, uh, you know, he has a unique style. Like, he talks staccato. It's a certain way. You know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's whatever. He created this whole style. He was the first rapper to ever go platinum uh, with two albums in one year. Great artist or whatever. And uh, But I remember just listening to his music. And then one time I heard him do an interview. The first time I heard him do an interview, and my jaw dropped. Because he talks like he raps, like the same intonation and whatnot. Uh, now, back to me, <laughs> I don't my, I don't talk like I rap, but I rap about the same things I talk about. So when I talk about whatever we talked about in this over the last few minutes in this interview, if you listen to my music, I just say it in, you know, uh, in musical terms. But those same nuggets are there. Just like you can listen to this interview and be like, huh, that's pretty, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so it's cool to see these 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 non-musicians take my music, deconstruct it, teach the teachable moments, and then reconstruct it, and then allow the kids to be a part of it so that tomorrow, after two days, after having two full days with these students, be able to put on a concert, and all the students, 500 students from K through <laughs> 5, all be a part of my concert. So cool. Who's coming to the concert? Uh, the, the the students, the staff, uh, and the community. Parents get to invite. I guess it was pretty cool. And then I'm the outsider. You guys are teachers, so you know what it is. Like I go in, and I'm actually very discerning because I often pick kids. This is one kid named Bubba, and uh, he's in a wheelchair. He has, I don't know what the disease is, something very terminal, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, kept picking on him. During the class, because I'm like, you're, like you're the same as everybody else. So you're not, you're not that special, you know. What I mean? <laughs> like we want to call you special. Yeah, I'm like you, you special, but you're not that special. And it was like treat them the same. Uh, but we did a dance song, and he was like dancing in his wheelchair. Like he was dabbing in his wheelchair, uh, and he's nice. a part of it. Uh, but yeah, just highlighting him, uh, or and so many other students. But there's this one student who could sing, and she she was a standout voice, and so she has a solo. Uh-huh. And uh, it really stood. What stood out to me is that there was the music teacher that was there, right? Like we had staff that was with us as we taught. I see it like more like security, because I think <laughs> the students are the best I've ever seen in my life. And I don't get the dynamic of like these teachers are right there. Like I know you. You better not do it. Well, it's probably some legality too. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all you know. Well, they behave. No. Yeah, or they just want to hang out with South Paul. That too, though. That's why I'd be there. Yeah, that that too, and uh, but yeah, this the music teacher. Like, as soon as this student started singing, she was uh, like, "Can we invite her parents?" And that was cool because I could see that it was an opportunity for like the community to be engaged as well, and for her to shine and have a platform sure. to do it. Yeah. So I know that in addition to working with schools, you also uh, work with corporates. You know, and, and do some corporate speaking as well. How does how does your message translate? To say like a uh, like a like you know like a like a bank or like a Dell computer or Google you know Google Spoke or there. yeah 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 <laughs> now, you know, how how does that translate to to folks in that space? 
people are people. I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, I get what I'm good at and I get what I'm not. Like, so if y'all have a celebrity basketball game and y'all figure, like, we can get Saul Paul, I'm like, I can I can perform at halftime. But <laughs> you probably don't want me on the actual squad. Like, that's not my thing. Uh, but what I'm good at is uh, communication. And I just don't see a difference. Like, corporate, like, I've literally spoke at Google, spoke for GE, uh, worked with the NFL and Honey Bunches of Votes and all these great corporate brands and whatnot, awesome companies. Uh, Johnson & Johnson did a great campaign with them. Uh, but and, and, and as I spoke to them, but I, don't, I really don't see any different because I think maybe I'm special in that space. Like We're all humans. Like right. I learned to play the guitar because all these white people, all my friends that are white in Austin that are um, <laughs> judge music differently because like you don't play an instrument. But you know what? I'm so passionate about my music. I'm like, because um, if I rap the same song over a tight beat, then they're like, oh, your body language, they're stiff. They're like, well, I don't know. I mean, I actually have a song <laughs> called Do That Hula Hoop. Uh-huh. Guess, what, it, guess yeah, what it's yeah. about? It's about guitar and being stiff. I thought it was about, being, about doing the hula hoop. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, coach. Coach. One yeah. for coach. So, yeah, it's a point for coach. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. So, uh, there's a hula hoop artist uh, who who worked with you with video. Um, Rachel Lust. Rachel Lust, yes. Do y'all know her? Now, I don't know her. Oh, well, I do now. She's world famous, yeah. She, you know, she's in your video. Oh, okay. So, you know. Um, and I was like, wow, dude. Like, you know, that is yeah, no right. joke, you know. And there was a gal who was um, who was not Rachel Lust. You know, she, a different lady. Oh, but, um, Sailor. She, but Maybe. she uh, was actually at our pool, at okay. our apartment complex, Sailor, yeah. and doing the whole hula hoop thing. And I'm like, holy cow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she's like practicing her whole routine. Yeah. I was, I was just amazed. And Jack was just transfixed because this lady was so skilled. Just, I mean, just, yeah. wow. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so. you for catching that. Yeah. Rachel Lust, uh, it was a cool when I was able to secure her for the video. She's a... Uh, I don't know. She's the most popular hula hooper in the world. Really, she like brought hooping back and took it to a whole new, a whole new level. And now there's a whole new culture like Sailor, mm-hmm. who you saw at your complex with Rachel Lust. Uh, um, I don't know. She trendsetted and did a lot of those tricks and whatnot. Because it's just more than just hooping around your waist now, right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy because like I wrote a song called Hula Hoop, and it's really just about. Hula hooping. Hula There's no double entendre. That's like, do that hula hoop. Uh, and I perform, I think, I, I, I do that one of corporate gigs because I bring out the kid in, in old heads and I do it with kids as well. Do you make them hula hoop? Yes. I bring my own hula hoops. I have some custom hula hoops. So I bring those out. Yeah, but uh, to sum it all up, to me, I see no difference between old and young. I believe we're all humans. I'm a uh, grown now, but I was also a kid, so I know how to connect with the kid. And I know how to connect with my adult peers uh, because the truth is, my if I'm a musician with the message. If the question was like, "But well, what's your message?" I never thought of that until people kept asking me, like, "Oh, I don't know. I just got a bunch of them." So I was like, "I'm I'm a musician Many. with." messages yeah <laughs> so i'm like i need one what's the one and so my one yeah, message is we're all born on purpose with the purpose and so i don't care if you're young or if you're old uh you can figure it out young you can figure it out when you're 80 or sometime in between and so that's what i'm always speaking to yeah. i like that you know i will say before we move on from the adults and kids and and like we're all human i think with adults you sometimes have a little bit of a of resistance. And when I first met you guys, um, was at an event in San Antonio 
And you guys were at the very, very end. And the event was like three hours past when it was supposed to oh, end. Oh, right. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it, the room was like super cold. <laughs> and I was. Those I, nuances I, make I, a difference. I honestly did not. I did not know I could be that cold. And I'm from Chicago. Like I'm wow. in a room that in Texas. And that I was like in my bones cold. And it was like late. And so. It was it was an excellent event, but it it was the very end of the day, and then um, they introduced you, and you were coming up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It, like, <laughs> wow, this room is like, we are like, like you know that adult face you have when you're like, okay, but we're ready to be done. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And so for me, when I perform for time, a living, I know it well. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's the that's the part that sucks about being the headliner. Man, uh, you know, yeah. the thing no is... No matter what it is, you're going last, and it's like, people are like, I'm in the <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I, when I walk in front of a room where everybody's staring at me, like, can you just be real fast? It it will take me down a peg. Ben, he doesn't give a crap. He is totally fine no matter what room he walks into. This is a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> I am like, I'll just go sit down now. I'm just, you know... So, you walked up there, and the whole room was a little bit arms crossed, and... <laughs> I feel like it was it was a very short time between that time and when you had the whole room like laughing and singing. That's true. I sat next to you the entire day and my arms were crossed and you stood up and I'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> Because well because I was saying it's just not saying. It I love it. I nothing, feed off of this. It had nothing to do with you and I, it had nothing right. to do with the event. I know. It was just that it was cold and it everyone was cold and hungry, you know? So Yes and yes. <laughs> so it was like going okay. last and that environment is yeah, not yeah. ideal. So it's so tough. while while Performing I Performing when people were eating. <laughs> another I, not ideal. Yes, not ideal. Um, I do think we are all human, but I also think you have a gift of getting people to connect to that humanity mm. and to engage in into like the music and the feeling and the rhythm and the message that you have that you can take a room full of people who are very like, I'm not doing this. And get them to do it real quickly. I mean, I was—I oh, yeah. I, I just want that. you to I know. I was in like the first within we the, the first five seconds, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. I sat next to this guy the entire day, and I think we maybe said like five or six words to each other because yep. we were like tuned into the message, right? Exactly. There. Yep. You know, and so, but then you stood up, and I'm like, wow, you know. And then I was in tune with where you were taking us, and it was an amazing experience at the end of the day. That's the way, that's what I'm going for right there. Everything y'all just said verbatim. So I just. Chop that part out, send that to me, and put that commercial on the website. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we but, yeah, that. it's also, also all about that experience. And the cool part is, I don't know, like, um, I think when a person is in their lane, mm-hmm. um, you take the challenges that go with it. Maybe you take I don't know. I like that challenge versus, like, because people will be like, okay, so this group, here goes the challenges. Or this group, <laughs> here goes the challenges. And I'm like, this is why I'm awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> my job is to take them where they are. Just like with the questions. Like, did you, like, I don't look at the questions. I don't need to do the mm-hmm. background. I don't need to understand this. <laughs> I don't want to know who you had last year. Uh, you need to worry about who's coming after me next year. I'm going to have to take a year <laughs> off. Like, you can't bring the same Kino back twice. So, you're yeah, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, but I don't know, like an athlete, right? Like, LeBron, like Michael Jordan, like, you can, like, Tom Brady, like, uh, I don't know, pick an athlete, the ones that have that instinct at the end, and it's like, I want the ball at the end. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up watching Michael Jordan, so I'll, I'll just keep yeah. it simple. Michael Jordan, like 10 seconds left in the game, and it's like one point. 
he would like dribble for nine of them, <laughs> like at the half court. Like, no, y'all are from Chicago, so you got to feel this a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. he, was, like, he dribbled, like, waste nine seconds, like, mm-hmm. nope, I'm taking the last shot. And then, like, it's on, it's on me. Whether we win yep. or lose, it's on me. And uh, they I won like all that. six championships during my childhood. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we were there. And then the Cubs just won. So it's a it's a good time to be in Chicago. I got to represent for my my Houston Astros. Otherwise, they'll probably call me out. That would be the one part they would oh, troll. Yeah. They would troll me if I let you say that. <laughs> That's fair. Inaccurate. That's fair. That inaccurate fact. Hey, I was uh, very excited. The Astros we live just in Texas won. now. So yeah. I mean. For me, it's been a great couple of years for baseball because my Cubbies won last year, the Astros won this year, the Chicago Austin girl is pretty cool. Yeah. So let's go ahead and bring us in for a landing here. So, so where can we find out more and more about Saul Paul? Um, S A U L P A U L. That's how you spell my name. You drop a dot com on it, you can get at me worldwide. That would be SaulPaul.com. If uh, you're on Twitter, I think it's like twitter.com slash um, Saul Paul. If it's Instagram, the Instagram's tricky. It's instagram.com slash Saul Paul. <laughs> the Facebook, that's the one. I was like facebook.com slash Saul Paul. And I also do email, which, you know, apparently young people don't email anymore, but I, I still like email. So if you're old, uh, email me. And my email address <laughs> is Saul Paul at SaulPaul.com. So nice. Just Google me. Uh, <laughs> nice. Worst case scenario, Google me, and our SEO is popping. So even if you spell my name wrong, Google says like, "Did you mean Saul Paul?" And <laughs> you click that, and you'll get where you need to be. Beautiful, good. Saul Paul. And then we we're gonna do some music right after this, right? Do we still have time? No time. It's about eight. So. We're going to do a little, little bit, and we're going to Facebook Live that. So if you're listening to this and you haven't already seen the Facebook Live, you could pop over to our Facebook page, hmm. and you can catch Saul Paul live doing some fun musical shenanigans. Yeah, I'm doing, uh, I think I think for the next few months, I'm just going to do all freestyles. Yes. So uh, we're, we're everyone is throw exclusive. Some words, some words at you. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's make it, uh, <laughs> like I say, I need to be entertained. All uh, right, cool. So So that's it for right now. And if you catch the show notes, you'll catch Saul Paul on the freestyle. SaulPaul.com. That's it. Thanks, gang. See you next time. Peace.